You're listening to the Good News Project podcast with Matt Jackson. You can send Matt feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests at goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Here's your host, Matt Jackson. Welcome to the Good News Project podcast. My name is Matt Jackson. What I would like to do today is address a topic that I probably should have hit on a few weeks ago, but I needed it to simmer. I needed it to marinate a little bit in my brain and in my heart. In a last life, a past life, if you will, going back some 20 years ago, 25 years ago even, I'm 40, how old am I? I'm 43 years old. So more than 20 years ago, when I was a student at the University of Houston, I was given the nickname of Cougar Matt because I was extremely passionate about University of Houston athletics. It's where I attended college and even though the campus was so much different back then and there certainly was not the type of fervor from the student body that there is now, I was into it and I followed the university's every move, especially when it came to football and men's basketball. And I would call into the local talk shows and when I called in, that's what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about the successes and the failures of the University of Houston. And I was given that nickname and it pretty much stuck. And when I started my sports talk show career back in 1999, that's pretty much kind of how I was known. I was known as Cougar Matt. That's who I was. And certainly my passion level for the University of Houston at least I felt like, was unmatched for nearly two decades. And so it definitely warrants conversation that back on September the 9th, the University of Houston announced that it had accepted an invitation to the Big 12 Conference and would begin playing the league as soon as the fall of 2023. Now, Mind you that it was just a few years ago that the Big 12 Conference essentially turned its nose up at the University of Houston after Tillman Fertitta had spent a ton of money on a dog and pony show to get into the league. And all of these moves, all these conference moves, it's always been assumed were predicated on the strength of your football program being a big part of what would get you into a conference. Certainly TV sets matter, and being in the fourth largest city and a top 10 media market is a feather in the cap of the University of Houston, but the presumption is that football played a big part in what could move you up the college sports food chain. And it's ironic to me that now, with Texas and Texas A&M leaving the Big 12, and the Big 12, the remaining teams kind of in desperation mode to keep their wallets fat 
and to prevent other teams from jumping ship. You know, if the Big Ten ever came calling for Kansas or I'm not sure if any of the remaining schools would have any interest in or I'm not sure that the Pac-12 will have any interest in the remaining schools or maybe a West Virginia might head to the ACC at some point if they were offered. Still a lot of instability, but U of H was finally, after some political favors were called in by the chairman of the Board of Regents, Tillman Fertitta, they were offered the opportunity to move out of the non-power leagues, at least in the past definition of the non-power leagues, and move into a, a league that at least has some cachet and maybe a little bit of regional rivalry and tradition. Certainly not the tradition of the Big Ten, certainly not the tradition of the SEC, but you can at least make the case that from a competition standpoint, and strictly talking about football right now, they're on equal footing, I think, with the ACC and the Pac-12, which are the other two major conferences that look to gobble up a lot of money and have access to playoff positioning in college football. And I, look, I know I should be just through the moon and excited about this move. And I am from as a basketball fan, as a basketball fan, and as somebody who has been a U of H basketball season ticket holder for a really long time, I could not be more thrilled with joining a league that has the current NCAA champion in Baylor, has one of the five or six best programs in the history of college basketball in Kansas, has a number of other high-level programs, West Virginia, and traditionally Iowa State is pretty good, and Texas Tech has been pretty good, at least under their former coach, Chris Beard. Basketball is going to be awesome in that league. You can make a case that the Big 12 as a basketball conference is the best conference in America, and I would definitely go to bat for the Big 12 as a basketball conference. But as a football conference, I just can't get super excited about this move. And I will tell you that I am guilty of general apathy when it comes to the University of Houston football program. And I used to be a diehard. I was one of the few that was out there during the dark ages, during the, the Dana Dimmel era. And I liked Dana Dimmel. I consider Dana Dimmel a friend. I was covering him in the media. I still have a copy of the handwritten letter that Dana Dimmel, Dana Dimmel wrote me during his first season where the Cougars were 3-8. and eight. He, he wrote me a letter and appreciated the positive coverage that I gave the program. And I always did my best you know, to try to paint the University of Houston in a positive light, even when things weren't going well, especially if I liked the individual people that were in charge of the program. And Dana Dimmel is an extremely likable guy. You know, I wish that guy nothing but success. I'm happy that, at least in the early stages of this season, he's got UTEP off 
on a positive uh, foot. But going to University of Houston games, were, it was an event. It was an experience. And it wasn't about the football. It was about tailgating with your friends. And I don't know if it's just that I'm of a different age, and this was in you know my, my late teens, early 20s, and going into my 30s, but man, going out to U of H game was an all-day event. You got there at 7 in the morning, you tailgated all day, you rallied, you fell asleep, you rallied, you tailgated some more, you went in the stadium, you, you yelled your, your lungs out, maybe you won, maybe you lost, you went back out to the parking lot, you tailgated some more, and then somehow, some way, you found yourself home and, and you were ready to do it all over again. And there's been ebb and flow. There's been success and failure at the University of Houston over that 20 to 25-year period. We had a new stadium open up. We started off in the Dome when I was in college. The campus games didn't start until my sophomore year at Robertson Stadium. You have the new stadium now. We opened the new stadium with a with an absolute dud of a game. Lost to Texas State. I'm not even sure if they were Texas State yet. They might have been Southwest Texas State at that at that point. That's how that's how sad that is. And then of course the climax of Tom Herman's year one, which ended in victory at the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl in Atlanta, a win over Florida State. A win over Oklahoma and an opener that put U of H into the top five in the nation and certainly appeared to have the program headed in the right direction. And I had season tickets every year up until the second season of Major Applewhite being the head coach at U of H. And I was not, you know, I wanted the team to win. I wanted the program to be successful. But as long as there were tailgates going on, the product on the field was less important to me. It was about getting together with your friends. It was about the the, the experience, you know, the, the, the time that college game day was there, the time that I was doing pregame shows for U of H over on uh, Sports Talk 790. It was about the experience and the atmosphere. It wasn't necessarily about the football. And I know that the university wants butts and seats, and they would love 40,000 people there for every game. But a lot of things have changed that have taken kind of what was a grassroots fan movement, and made it a little more corporate and a little less exciting. In an effort to keep up with the Joneses, you know, University of Houston has built all sorts of expensive facilities. They built this really ghastly-looking airplane hangar that's their football operations facility. And this thing sits right in front of what would be a beautiful view of downtown Houston from the location where my old football season tickets were. And that was a really unfortunate location to put that building. And and look, I don't know, is a practice facility really necessary? Yeah, everybody else has one. So if you're going to move up 
the food chain. You got to spend millions of dollars to get those type of facilities. I get that. But tons of tailgating space where the diehards tailgated when they were the only people in the building, they were essentially removed. And to some extent, tailgating on a massive scale you know, died down a little bit. Some of it because people were getting older and maybe you have kids. I know I certainly do. Some of it because people just quit coming out because the regular spaces that were so central to the stadium no longer existed. And that's that's okay. I've tailgated so many times at LSU and you're not tailgating anywhere near the stadium and you walk over. But that's not the, you know, that's just not what uh, people are were accustomed to um, from a fan standpoint. And I will tell you that I don't think that um, the University of Houston has the type of fan base, and, and maybe nobody does at this point in this era, that is just going to keep coming back to the games time after time after time after time after time if the, if the game day experience is not there for them. My personal reasons for not going to University of Houston games and giving up my season tickets that I had for over 20 years, I did not like the fact that the University of Houston, I felt to some extent, sold its soul by hiring Kendall Bryles, a U of H grad, but also the son of Art Bryles and somebody that in some form or fashion was involved in the you know, the sex scandal and cover-up at Baylor. I don't. I, I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. But it was the type of hire that only gets made if you're 100% desperate. And I just felt like whatever you feel like you, you must do because you're, you're stuck, you're falling behind, you don't want to be in the conference you're in and you've got to keep winning to get, get butts in the seats and to turn a profit, I get it. I understand that you felt like this was a move you had to make. But I just felt like in principle, I, you know, I couldn't justify spending the money, investing time in something that just made me feel a little bit dirty, just to be completely honest with you. And those two years... Where I did not have season tickets, I know this sounds really weird, I didn't miss it. Did I miss my friends that I tailgated with a little bit? Yeah. But you know, I had kids and I had soccer games and I had other stuff going on and it just wasn't something that I – it was not appointment television for me. It, it just was something that, uh, you know, the flame burned out a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I was somebody who was as passionate of a U of H fan as anybody else. But I just have not felt the need to come back. And University of Houston has changed coaches to – Dana Holgerson, 
Can't say that the product on the field has gotten a whole lot better. Definitely not feeling like I've got to buy a season ticket to to support uh, athletics just for the sake of supporting athletics. And what's ironic is the football that supposedly was the catalyst to get you into a new conference has essentially done nothing to earn that ticket. And you wonder a little bit if the University of Houston wasn't so desperate to get some type of sizzle of a name. And really, that's all Dana Holgerson is at this point, is a name. If you really look at his track record, he's got a couple impressive wins. I think he blew out Clemson in a bowl game when that kind of sort of mattered. But he his offenses resemble nothing like they did when he had a guy named Case Keenum pulling the trigger for him. You know, the product on the field is not super exciting. But from what I've been told, the game day experience really has not returned to the levels that it was under, you know, I think, I think maybe the peak of the game day experience might have been Kevin Sumlin's last year, Case Keenum's senior season. That was as good an atmosphere, tailgating perspective, and in the stadium as there's been. And I know, it was, look, the, the, the Tom Herman year was amazing and awesome. But I still think my favorite season was Keenum's senior season. And I'm not feeling ju- – just getting back into the Big 12 and telling me that I'm going to play – Baylor and Texas Tech and TCU is not necessarily enough to get me back in the building. It's got to be a product I want to watch. You know, the team has to compete and play hard, and it's got to be something that I can get my kids into. My son comes with me to every U of H basketball game. They've done a fantastic job from a game day experience of making that a place to be with the laser light shows and all the things they do with the mascots on the concourse. And football's just not there yet. You can change conferences all you want. But right now, it's kind of putting lipstick on a pig. That's not to say that the change in conference isn't a positive one. Because if you get the right coach in place, maybe it's Dana Holgerson, maybe it's not, you should recruit better. You should get better players. And there really are only a handful of programs that seem to be ready to dominate year in and year out in college football. I mean, where's USC right now? Where's Michigan right now? Where's Florida State right now? Where's Tennessee right now? A lot of these tradition-laden programs are in downward spirals 
And it's hard to say that they're automatically coming back. I think there is so much parity in college football. Outside of Alabama and Ohio State, maybe Clemson, there aren't that many programs that you know year in and year out are going to be competing for a playoff berth and a national title. Maybe you might put Oklahoma in that mix too. So maybe four programs that you know are going to be competitive. Do you need to invest $4 million a year in a football coach to bring back exciting game day experiences and incredible tailgating and a winning product on the field? University of Houston has made a habit of gimmicks that win big. And that's not a negative. That's just a fact. The Veer offense with Bill Yeoman was a gimmick, a great one. So was Jack Pardee's run and shoot. So was the hyper-fast Kevin Sumlin, Dana Holgerson offense. So was Greg Ward, elite athlete, backyard football. There's nothing wrong with finding a system that works as opposed to feeling like you got to have a name brand coach to be successful. You got to put something interesting on the field and there's got to be buzz and sizzle to get people there. Because if you can't get a diehard fan like myself, at least what I used to be, to feel compelled to spend $1,000 to get a family of four out to the stadium six dates a year, how are you going to capture the general public to do the same? And you can't just say, well, we're now going to have a lot more visiting fans, which, yeah, you will, but is that the way you build a program? And I have a lot of confidence in the leadership of the University of Houston and President Couture and Chris Pesman, who I consider a good friend, who's the athletic director. But I do think they should reach out to their stakeholders a little bit when it comes to the football program. Does winning save everything? Yeah. If you, the team was going, winning nine, 10 games a year and playing exciting football, I don't have any doubt that there would be butts in the seats. But man, we had a hell of a time at the football games the year we went 0 11, too, because it was just fun and it was a good place to hang out and tailgate. And I think that is something that perhaps they could reevaluate to try to give the program the type of energy that it needs going into a new conference in 2023. Basketball is going to be awesome. Basketball, I cannot wait. 
Big 12 basketball is already great, and it's going to be even more awesome with the additions that were made. BYU is an elite basketball program. University of Houston is an elite basketball program. Cincinnati is an elite basketball program. Central Florida's got a lot of potential. This league, I I can't wait. Take all my money. There's not a price, a high enough price you can't set that will not have me forking out my hard-earned money for basketball season tickets. And the, uh, the incredible, incredible recruiting that's being done by Kelvin Sampson and his son, Kellen. Man, I cannot be more excited. Terrence the Show Arsenault coming in 2022. Got a chance at another top 10 player in Jarese Walker. And all the guys we already have on campus, Traymond Mark, Fabian White, Marcus Sasser. Oh, man, I can't wait. Love to hear some feedback from other University of Houston fans, or just fans from Houston sports in general. What are your thoughts? Is just moving to a new conference enough to get you excited about University of Houston football again? Or do you even care about the conference affiliation if your product on the field is just so-so. As always, if you have any thoughts on the topics I bring up, or if you'd like to give me feedback, you can do so. Goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Appreciate you listening. You can always hit me up on Twitter at MJ4Sports. And until next time, Matt Jackson saying so long, and thank you for listening to the Good News Project Podcast. been listening to the good news project podcast with matt jackson to reach out to matt with feedback topic suggestions and prayer requests email good news project feedback at gmail.com tell me that you like